Welcome back to the Sideline Sports Podcast. I'm Max. I'm Vinny. And I'm Jaybird. Alrighty, this week uh, we're going to talk about a number of things. I know it's been a while. Uh, we're going to start with the NFL offseason, um, beginning with the Browns and the Odell Beckham acquisition. Yeah, so we haven't done the podcast in a minute, so I have yet to talk about um, OBJ, Kareem Hunt, any, really anything the Browns have been doing. Um, last time we did the podcast, the Browns were on the up and up, come up, so and when I was talking about getting Freddie Kitchens, we got Freddie, so I'm looking forward to that. He said a lot of good things. He seems like the perfect coach for this team. Um, and I, I agree with Freddie where he says the games aren't won on paper, so the Browns are really going to have to put it together on the field. Um, I know Harbaugh said they're the best, most talented team in the AFC North, but they're not the best team. So, well, we'll see if they're the best team because it's about winning games. So I, I don't want to fall into too much hype, but it looks good. Um, got some of the acquisitions here. First, they got Hunt, which, I mean, obviously he's a talent, like, talented player, but, I mean, you lose Duke Johnson, and he's, he's missing eight games. So there's a little bit of a trade-off to almost – Kind of could equal out at least in this first year. I think it'll maybe equal out. Right. But in the future, it looks good if he could stay out of trouble. And I think that's yeah, a good he's a super cheap player with a lot of production. Yeah. A lot of upside, too, <clears throat> from the area. A lot of talk has been around the Browns and all the Super Bowl hype. If they make the playoffs and lose first round, is this a successful season, in your what, opinion? First round, wild card round? Or they get... First round, if they were to make it to the wild card round. Yeah. Host a game and lose, or even travel on a road game right. and lose. Would you consider a successful season? Yes. If the Browns, if the Browns win the division and lose in the first round, I think that's definitely. Successful. That's the case, and they're gonna be losing a home game in the playoffs. I, I they're be successful, yeah. Even if they, well, they make a five or six seed and lose. If they what? They're five or six seed, so they have to travel on wild card weekend and lose. lose. Yeah, oh. successful as well or no? I guess it all depends on the regular season. Like, if we come out like twelve and four and we lose in the first round, then it'd be like, oh, Cleveland chokes again. But if we're right. like ten and six and win the division, and we lose in the first round, kind of like close game. Maybe some inexperience shows. I think then it would be considered a successful season. As long as like, I think the success is going to lie in no personality clashes. Kitchen right. gets a, like Kitchens is a good head coach. We have no drama for sixteen games. We stay healthy and. We could right. take a step forward because every time the Browns have looked had a step forward, it's been two steps back. Yeah, it's hard to f- follow up. Like last season, their expectations were really low, and they killed those expectations. Mm-hmm. Did really well. It's hard to have another season where now the expectations are good. They're probably not going to exceed expectations yeah. again. Um, at best, they're going to be at their expectations. Hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, so what's their fifth in odds to win the Super Bowl? That's a lot to live up to. Favored to win the division. Something they haven't done in what? I, I think that's fair to favor them to win the division. Like, they're the most talented team on paper yeah. in that division. No, that's but fair. It, we'll see if they're a, the best team, though. It's just such a gritty division that, like, talent doesn't really win as much in the AFC North as opposed to if you're playing in, like, the Dome in the South or something, like, where talent's right. just going to win. There's so many factors right. that go into an AFC North football game. With, it's it's, a, it's, a, it's so the same thing with the NFC East. Yeah, same thing. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. That rivalry in football, there are certain divisions yeah. where it means so much more. Yeah. It's tough to uh, like go in. I guess the point about like expectations and whatnot. The only way they exceed expectations is to go like twelve and four, thirteen and three, and have like a one or two seed and have a buy, and that's just really tough to do, especially with. I don't know. I, I just don't see that happening. And it's just scary because I think football. It's it's probably the least sport. I mean, baseball is also, but 
talent kind of in 162 games. Like if you have talent, you're gonna win. Mm-hmm. But in football such a short season. Yep. Plus, like you look at the teams that have won, like Eagles and Patriots. No one on paper, no one thought they were gonna win. No. They have Nick Foles. The Patriots have nobody besides Brady at that. Right. And they just got high at the right time. They just have good coach. They play together. They don't have drama. That's what yeah. wins in football. So. Well, they had really good defensive players at key positions being highly underpaid. Trey Flowers, Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. Um, get, getting to the quarterback and, co- and like a good pass rusher and a good corner are very important. So yeah, well, 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 look what the Browns have. I mean, um, as a Giants fan, I saw Olivier Vernon play. His best play came when he had JPP opposite of him. JPP yes. played at a high level with Miles Garrett, a young rising star, who I remember you calling the biggest draft bust of all time. He hasn't done anything yet. He, had, he was a pro bowler last year. Had a pretty good season last year. Yeah, you can't call him a good, bust. He had a good amount of sacks, and he doesn't stop the run yet. But if he's, you if, can't call him a bust at this point. But if he's drawing those double... You can't double, call him a bust, no. He's not it, as good as his expectations should be. That's he'll fair. draw most of those double teams, which should get Vernon. And I love that Sheldon Richardson signing for them. Yeah. I think that's such a good move. He's a good man in the middle. Yeah, we definitely as, need to tackle. I thought we drafted him and got out and got, and got Richardson. I think we kind of shirt up a lot of positions that we thought we were going to draft. Yeah. We got a D tackle. We re-signed um, Greg Robinson to play left tackle. Denzel Ward will only get better. Denzel Ward's going to get better. And we got a, we signed a couple guards, I believe, and we have a good interior line as it is. We yeah. traded Zeitler, though. So I think in the draft you're going to have to look middle middle of the line. Also tackles if you want to get better at them. But, um, How many I re- picks? I really think they're going to take a linebacker or a corner. They haven't addressed linebacker really at all. Right, they let Collins go. Uh, yeah. How many picks do they have left? Um, I think they got, what, did they trade the second? They might have second or third. Didn't they trade the second for OBJ or no? Uh, I don't know. It was a first and a third for OBJ. Okay. He basically just gave him a box of rocks. That's, yeah, that was, a, that was a nice... I mean, well, um, it, might, it might make sense. We'll see what happens with New York long term. It actually might have made sense for both sides. You, you also have to look at the trade that... Because we traded Zeitler for Vernon, and Zeitler's better than Vernon, so like that was also a part of that trade. You have to factor right. that in. Like we it's basically even contracts, so like not like we're, we're trading expensive right. player for an expensive player. And I think Zeitler's a better player than Vernon. And Vernon, I think I mean I haven't really watched him play, but from like what I've heard, I think he's a better player than Agba. Mm-hmm. But we also getting Vernon, we lose Agba, and getting um, what's his name, Kareem Hunt, we lose yes. Johnson. So it's like two big pluses. But you also have to look at who we lost. Right. These players didn't show up to camp because of these trades. Like, right. And now so. Baker's in his second year. Either Usually you see quarterbacks like slump like a Dak type of yeah. thing. Like after what, like 20 games um, yeah. of film is the thing. But in recent years, we've seen, and it was his first I mean, year Patrick, starting, but Mahomes in his second yeah, season. He was really a second well. year quarterback. Wentz got significantly better second year. Deshaun Mitch Watson, Trubisky. Trubis- Trubisky kind of got, well, he had a lot better of a head coach. But I feel like he kind of regressed or his outlook isn't as good. Are you kidding me? I think Trubisky. Yeah, I think Trubisky went out. Trubisky won. He did better because he had a better. Okay, got quarterback gurus are saying that his like uh, his his ceiling, his outlook for his career isn't as good now though because he had a genius head coach and like he didn't look as like with John Fox. It's like all right, bad head coach, a lot of potential there, but now he's a really good head coach. And the I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. The point being, uh, the idea used to be quarterbacks in their second year are gonna like sophomore slump, but now we're seeing there's potential there. Yeah, I'm curious um, to see with Baker because I think in his rookie year he he made a lot of like, well we're one and eight let's let me throw it in a triple coverage kind of right. throw like he kind of was like 
played with house money. Yeah. Like that throw to, oh, uh, I even said OBJ. That throw to Jarvis in triple coverage. Yeah. Like that throw was not, like, I mean, that you can't make that throw when you're, right. you're about to make a playoffs. It's the 16th game of the year and you're right. fighting to win the division. You can't throw it in the triple coverage in the end zone. For sure. Across your body and you would throw it back to the middle of the field. Like mm-hmm. those throws are sweet. They're highlight plays and Baker can make those plays. But if the bounce, if the wind and the bounce doesn't go his way, like right, that could be a pick six. I think he'll get better when you're not um, playing with house money. It's gonna be. I'm right. curious to see. I mean, I think he's he's out playing as a favorite and whatnot yeah. for an entire season. Like going into the season as a favorite, like they were favored at games late in the season. Yeah. Um, but it's different, like going in with all those expectations. One, and one thing I'll say about Baker that people said about Wentz, they said about Deshaun Watson, yes. that they have one skill that you can't teach, and that's how to win. Baker knows how to win. That's true. I saw we saw him do it with their own two eyes here last season against the Giants and or excuse me against the Buckeyes and you saw Baker do it with your own two eyes multiple times for the Browns. That guy he knows how to win. He has one of the best drives, most one of the best determinations of any quarterback I've seen in the NFL in a long time. Maybe even the best since Tom Brady. Yeah, he has a lot of uh, experience too. He's got. Okay, he played, started three, four years in college. It means something. He's got Brett Favre. Though. I think that's the perfect comp. That is a great, great comparison. Great completely. His arm is uh, elite, I would say. Yeah. Which is huge for him. So, we um, got some other signings. We traded Ogba to the Chiefs. We got a safety that Dorsey drafted that I'm sure he likes and I trust him. So, mm-hmm. that's we shared up that. I think um, we definitely need a corner linebacker. The line. Um, we also need a running back to play the first eight games alongside uh, Nick Chubb. Yes. So I mean, you're putting a lot on Chubb as a rookie second year back that doesn't really catch passes much. I think he showed flashes of it, but mm-hmm. until you you, you get, I mean, the first eight games of the season are make or break. Like, this is like there's gonna be so much hype. You right. gotta go out there and win. Uh, hopefully, we don't play the Patriots Sunday night or whatever they're projecting. Because uh, the Patriots got it's either Sunday night or Monday. It's Sunday night. It'll be a Sunday night because they're opening the season. So they, the Packers, Bears. They announced the Patriots had that game, and the Browns and the Patriots on their schedule. So people are speculating the Browns might be in that slot. Hopefully not, because I don't want to start on, on the road against the Patriots. Or, well, no, I but, disagree. Though their Patriots are vulnerable. They've started the last what four seasons are like two and two in the opener or something like that, and they've uh, they usually don't play nearly as well in. Yeah. Like September as they do in December. I would like to play. So you really, yeah, play them early. I think sure, it's no. I want to start playing, out what it is, they, they have their September it, slump. They have their December slump, and then when it has when their sure. December slump hits, it becomes what's going on, yeah. and then and then it's January and they're holding a Lombardi Trophy. Also, yeah. um, I also heard that they they might play the Jets on Monday night, 50th anniversary. Browns Jets are the first ever Monday night game. So I think that, be cool. that, that was supposedly another rumor. Yeah. I, I, was, I was talking to my roommate about this, who's a Jets fan, actually. He says if the Jets were to play the Browns right now, with that game being New York, he thinks the Jets would be favorites. No. Just because... That the means Jets do not could, have a roster. One, you could say... Their defense. Their defense is pretty good. It's okay. One, you could say that maybe the Jets should be favored to win that game, but with how Vegas works, they, they're betting not who's going to win the game, they're betting what are people going to bet. Everyone's been betting the Browns. You know, if, if it, it would open up probably around, so home field's typically like three-point swing. So if it, Browns should be a three-point favorite with home field. It should be around even, I would say. Women. The Browns should be getting like three, or be favored by like three points. A neutral site, Browns would be favored three points. Yeah, so if it was in Cleveland, Browns would be like six and six, a half, six, five six and, and a half. half. 
But in New York, it should be Pickham. But it's probably going to be Browns three. It's going to probably open at Pickham and Brown. And it's going to move to like Browns minus two, two and a half maybe. Last I, year, I think la- it could be more. Just the people are going to be better. Yeah. Tomorrow. Last year, Browns were favored by what was it? Shoot, what? How much did they win by last year? Against the Jets. Yeah, four. Just close. They were favored. Browns were favored by three and a half last year on a Thursday night game. Jets were playing their third game in eleven days. And Browns covered. They won by four, I believe. Um, so that was at home. Just for reference, I know they're vastly different teams, but like so, yeah. I guess we can talk about the last transaction, most latest. Uh, Browns traded for OBJ. Uh, Splashiest, uh, most headlines, yeah. biggest NFL story of the offseason. And he was just announced on Indians opening day. Uh, he seemed excited. All the guys were at the podium. It was pretty cool to see. I mean, you don't see that <coughs> being a Browns fan, but I think OBJ is probably the fifth best receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. He's a receiver where, I mean, he, they can affect the game a ton, but you're not a quarterback, you're not a cornerback, right. you're not a linebacker. I mean, I, I'm i excited as all can be, but you have to take a step back and, like, how many wins does he add? Like, maybe one? I'd say one. By to himself? One to two. But, I mean, it's just the excitement factor that comes with him. That's why it's the, it's going to be insane week one. Um, he's a He's going to be alongside Jarvis, alongside Njoku. I think Njoku can block a little bit. 100%. We also got Higgins. I mean, we got talent on the offensive side of the ball yeah. that is kind of unmatched in the NFL right now, besides maybe the Chiefs. But um, mm-hmm. it's going to be exciting. Hopefully it translates, and hopefully um, everyone gets along. <sighs> Bird well, might have a different opinion. I remember, you know, Right when this trade happened, if there was a live reaction of me, I think it would have broken the sound meters on this. I mean, we're, we're on vacation. We get back to our hotel. So our, our our buddy Corbin, who the listeners who don't know, says Browns just got Odell, and I'm just saying, oh, shut up, haha, you're messing around. I look at my phone and I see it happened, and I was hearing, I was getting texts. Vinny was getting texts. Max was getting texts saying, cannot wait for bird's eye view for his segment. You know. Three weeks later, I, I just don't have the emotion to get angry anymore. I mean, New, New York sports has got to be angry enough. As I think last time I was on here, I was ranting about Porzingis. I mean, it, it hurts because Odell was my favorite player in the NFL. He young players, star power. The Giants have always been an organization that's prided themselves a little bit on being low-key. And it was kind of fun to have Odell, who was a fun player, who danced, who did stuff with the fans. That's what made him such a likable player. And, frankly, I just thought, we, we have Odell. We drafted QB at six. We have this young QB. We have Odell. We have Saquon. Kind of like with Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Kareem Hunting that the Kansas City Chiefs had last season. But, nope. We trade Odell. We're committing to a 37-year-old, or maybe 38 years old now, Eli Manning. I just, I don't get it. What what the I don't get what the plan is. I understand trading Odell if you have a plan, but what is that plan? Trade six and seventeen to move up a few spots to draft a QB who's gonna sit behind Eli for a year. I mean, it just it's and then who's this QB gonna have to throw to? No one. I do I like the move of getting Zietler a lot because frankly we've had no offensive line for as long as I can remember, and Zietler is already the best lineman they've had since I was in a long time. Maybe not Justin Pugh. And it was just, it's been a frustrating offseason for the Giants. Losing Landon Collins hurt. He was another fan favorite. Although, I, I, I'm, I'm happy Gettleman didn't pay him $14 million a year. I was so surprised how much Landon Collins got on the open market. Yeah. 
but I was upset to see them all. And it just, it's going to be a long season. I'm projecting four to five wins max because what the because the Giants will ensure that they're not the worst record. And I mean, if they draft a QB to sit behind Eli, it's whatever. A QB will sit behind Eli. But the thing is, there's so many good defensive prospects where I want Haskins. I mean, we go to Ohio State. Right now, if Haskins, the QB that I saw in college, got to be my NFL team's QB, it would be awesome. But one thing I think that could be smart for the Giants is, I've been on the record, I'm not a, bit, I'm not a fan of Josh Rosen. I do not want to trade our first-round pick for him. But if we can trade our second-round pick for Rosen, have him sit behind Eli, or maybe even start this year, and add more talent to defense or offensive line or wide receiver positions with that 6-17 and 17 pick, I'm game for it. I just... The Odell trade really disappoints me as one as a guy, my favorite player in the league. What do you think about Peppers? Oof, well, he's a he's a very poor man's Landon Collins. Plays like a very similar safety to him, a hybrid safety linebacker. I think he's a little bit more I think he has a little more speed than Landon Collins has. But he's he's just not the playmaker, he's not the same hard hitter. Peppers misses more tackles than Landon does. And also, as a guy who has a Michigan, it's always a uh, wave of Wolverine on the Giant. So, yeah, there's that. And Knicks, I, I'm not going to get into them because they still suck. You know, they won the other day. They could still get a top three pick as long as we get Zion. I'm happy. And the Yankees, where... I mean, this happens every single year. Where everyone... It, it, we, don't, we don't just have the injury bug. Everyone gets hurt at the same time. Now, usually this happens in, like, we, we always get off to our April, our May, our June starts. And then the injuries happen in the summer, and we're dogging through summer. There's questions. What's going on with the Yankees? And then they pick it back up in September. But before the season started, Batances, CC Sabathia, Luis Severino, Aaron Hicks, D.D. Gregorius, five important players on the DL. Since the season started, they're four games playing their fifth game, playing their fifth game right now. They've already lost Stanton. And and Duhar. So that's seven key players already on the on, on what it's called the injury list now, not the disabled list, whatever it is. But it's just crazy that they're having all these injury problems already. They came into the season with, let's see, Judge Hicks, Gardner, Ellsbury, Stanton. That's five outfielders, five guys who can play in the outfield, and three of them are on the DL already. It's it's just ridiculous. DD, you know, Tommy John surgery, we have him. We have Glaber Torres playing short. We signed LeMayhew to play second, maybe third, fill in around the bases for us. Now LeMayhew has to move to full-time third base. We have to play Tulowitzki every day, who's supposed to be a platoon player. I mean, this is just... I'm stuck. I can't believe we're this injured already. Hopefully Batances comes back at Velocity's back because it dipped all the spring training, but... The good news I was about all these injuries for the Yankees, I am ranting now, but I do believe we will be hosting we will be hoisting our twenty eighth World Series championship when the season is all said and done, whether or not Andujar comes back this season. Can anyone really feel bad for you guys though? <laughs> That's the problem, yeah. You bought all those players, so. And Duhar yeah, yeah. farm system. Glaber Torres uh, no. we traded it we farm system even though we, we traded we sold our oldest Chapman to get Glaber Torres. Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, farm system. Didi Gregorius got him as a second year player before he was anything. Luke Voigt, Cardinals didn't care about him, he was nothing to them. Traded for him. Greg Bird, 
All right, he's he sucks, but from our farm system, <laughs> Brett Gardner from our farm system has been with the team since 2008. John Carlos stay trade, say whatever you want. It was a trade. Luis Severino farm system, Batantis farm system. So don't say we bought this team. It's why it's why this team is my favorite Yankees team in a damn long time. Because this team was home raised, which is why I love this team. Support them. I was I was on Time Hop the other day. I saw a Facebook post or tweet from two years ago where I said, I've never more excited for a Yankees season than this upcoming season. And now it's the season they were expected to be garbage because they had all these young players. So don't say that they buy their players, that they bought this team. So a little bit. The first of, team they haven't bought ever. Yeah. But a little bit about our side of it, the Indians. They are terrible. Absolutely terrible. They have. Their owner's saying we have to enjoy Lindor while we can because they're not going to be able to pay him. We have Lindor's on the I.L. Kipnis is on the I.L., but that's a good thing. The problem is we don't have anyone to play second what base. What is it, Kipnis on the I.L.? Exactly. We're playing uh, Max. Our, our lineup is... So I was thinking about heading down to the down here in Columbus because we were going to go down to the Clippers game, and then it dawned on us that we've, the past four games we watched on TV have been the Clippers game. Who's in? The, we have no one players in AAA because they're all on the major league <laughs> roster. we got... Max Marhofer, we got Brad Miller playing. Tyler Naquin is absolutely horrendous. He started the season with seven, uh, six strikeouts and seven at-bats. Finally got his first hit because the pitcher, thumb for some reason, threw him a low uh, breaking ball, so he was able to actually put contact on it. <laughs> um, we got Naquin, we got Greg Allen, um, Zimmer's on the IL. We got, we trade for... We trade Yandy Diaz, hits a home run in his first game. We trade him for Jake Bowers, who hasn't. He was a good prospect, but then he totally fell off, and now he's just a decent player. We trade Yandy for him. Then we, we get rid of Jesus Aguilar. We get rid of. Um, who else? Encarnacion. Encarnacion, but I mean, Santana and Encarnacion kind of bounce out. Yan Gomes. But I'm trying to think, we let another prospect walk. We let these prospects leave. The guy you traded for Brad Hand, what's his name? That that good catch. Oh, Mejia. Yeah. But then we hang on to Naquin and the guys that are terrible. So I don't know what they're seeing, but and then I think Jose Ramirez might have a little bit of a down here. It's gonna be hard to live up those past two years. Um, and then Lindor, if he's gonna have it, he's down for three weeks now. So it's just we're we have the best pitching staff in the MLB. Yeah. I think I think Clevenger is as good of a Cy Young chance as. Verlander, like that's our four guy. Bieber hasn't even pitched yet, and I think he's the next Kluber. The way he pitches, I think in two years he'll be a Cy Young candidate. But that, I mean, his spring training, I think he gave like one run in like twenty innings. He was our best ERA. He was our best pitcher. In he will training. be. I saw him live when I came out to Cleveland last summer for a ball game. Yeah, Bieber pitches just like Kluber, like ninety-two paints corners, good off speed, just a smart pitcher. So I'm excited to watch the pitching staff, but it's frustrating when I mean, and Bauer's probably the best pitcher in the AL right now. But it's frustrating to watch it when um, you, the, the games are 0-0 zero to zero and these pitchers are getting losses and no decision. We haven't had a decision yet, or unless there's a loss. Bauer and Clevenger didn't get a decision on the two wins. And they pitched unbelievable. Uh, do you believe they're going to win the Central, or do you think the Twins will take it? Or uh, another, another one of those other teams somehow? What I, I think it's going to be close between the Twins. I mean, after watching the White Sox, I mean, that was horrendous. Tigers can't hit it. Um, it's just a bad division, but I think the Twins and Indians are going to be really close. I think 
if the Indians start off like really, really bad with all these injuries and the Twins get out to a hot start, we could be in trouble. But I think if the Twins and the Indians end this like first month relatively even, I think the Indians can win it. We'll win it. It's not a barring injury. But um, I think that's about it for the baseball. Alrighty, we shall see what happens. <laughs> Max no. knows so much baseball. I'm not a huge baseball guy, but that's alright. Uh, in other news, big sports story that just got announced today, the AAF uh, was failing, basically. It's not officially official, but basically it's going to go under uh, that league. Owner lost going to be no million. more. And yeah, what did you tell me? Uh, there's a team that's making players buy their own flights. Yeah, I saw a tweet that th- I didn't say a team, it said... AAF players. Oh no! Oh, that's that's not. I, I remember. No th- I remember opening week. I text Vinny and I say, "Oh, AAF, we have to bet on this like every single week." And I just haven't touched it because I'm like, "Well, the problem is it's on like Saturdays and Sundays, and there's so much others. Like, I would happily, I would sit down on a Thursday night and like nothing's on or something and watch like an AAF game. Yeah. I watched the first couple and they were pretty interesting, but like it's just on a Saturday night. Like, I'm not gonna watch that. Also. The games have been so low scoring and boring. It's yep. like eleven to nine, and you yep. look at the score. I mean, I'm expecting to be like a high. I thought this was gonna be all offensive, yeah. anything. Where the only good player who's actually doing anything is significant is Trent Richardson. Yeah, and he's just punching it in from the two yard line like he did with the Browns. Exactly. And it goes to show how hard it is to have uh, football that is aesthetically pleasing. It's why the NFL, another more minor story, but Bill Belichick uh, lobbied for more time with the players at the. Uh, annual meetings in Arizona. I don't know if you guys saw that. Mm-hmm. But it goes to show how important, I guess. And, like, with these other football leagues, none of them have done well. None of them have really even lasted. Um, it's so hard. Like, it just goes to show how tough, like, how good the NFL is and what they do and how tough it's going to be to create anything that, like, uh, grows legs and, like, actually, like, is sustainable outside yeah. of it because of just the logistics of it all and whatnot. You're not going to be able to replicate an 11 versus 11 oh, no. scenario. The only way you're going to be able to make yeah. it interesting if you do a 7-on-7, seven seven, something like that. that. Is like, the arena genius, football has kind of sure, survived, yes. in a way. Right. Like, it's a different it's a different sport, essentially. Right. Yeah. Andre but, football but has. And even... <laughs> you, can't, you can't replicate something that they practice. They have, what do they have, two off right. months? Like, they're yeah, in training camp already. Exactly. Well, they're not now, not anymore after the new CBA. But what people, average fan doesn't, wouldn't be able to tell this, but what happened in the last NFL CBA when it got renegotiated, offensive line play dipped significantly, which led to play dipping significantly. Didn't look as aesthetically pleasing to the average fan. Um, but the, I know they've been able to figure it out. There's really good coaching in the NFL and whatnot. They've overcome it. Um, but AF, I don't even know when it was announced it started, but I'm like, there's no way they had enough time with those offensive linemen to, like, practice with them enough like you said um, in order to have something that looks good so I agree a 7 on 7 or something like that would be the only way just because logistically 11 on 11 you can't replicate that for a number of reasons and it's just too too many people to pay too hard there's not enough demand for enough money for everyone to go around and whatnot. Um, but yeah it's it's unfortunate but they could have used they they could have used Manziel from week one too like 100% they 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 didn't start with the like the star power that they needed. For sure, that like too. there was no one to watch. Trent Richardson's not exciting play. He's like the least exciting running back I've ever seen play football. Yep. So if that's your biggest name, then it's kind of hard to survive. Yeah. yeah. Christian Hackenberg. Yeah. Like Manziel was what they kind of needed. Because like I would turn on a game if I knew Manziel was right. Playing. Going going off of this, do you think the XFL is going to fail too again? I don't really know 
exactly what they're going for. Are Me either. Neither do I. Like, I, I do. You, you hear X, XFL, it comes with, like, the notion that's kind of like WWE, like, kind of showman. Yeah. Like, they have, like, off-field drama. It's the idea like, that the but NFL... But they keep saying that it's, like, real, real football. Yeah. So if, it's like, if, they, if they're yeah. copying the AAF, then no. Well, the problem is they the XFL was built on the notion that and the NFL was kind of like a sissified version of football. Yeah. And that was back in like 2000. Yeah. And the XFL, every commercial ended with no fair catches, which is a beyond stupid rule. <laughs> and they, to start games, like, oh, like you're, you're a wuss if you fair catch it. Like, no, like that's not how that works. And they start games with a scramble for the You remember this? 10-yard scramble. They put a ball on a tee. And they guys around 10 yards and die for it. Like, half the guys, like, pop their shoulder out of place. Um, so, like, and it's like, oh, the NFL's a bunch of wussies, like, we're gonna be. We're, this is like real football. This is tough. In, in the last twenty years, the the public idea of football has shifted even more. So like, oh wait, no, the NFL is too hard hitting. It's yeah. too like we need to get safer. We need to get. And so if they they can't, so like you would think the market for that would just have shrunk. Yeah. But I don't know if they're gonna completely like the, rebrand it or so to speak yeah. or whatever. But the, I don't know. the the league has started now. It's a no helmets, no contact flag football, seven for seven, score seventy points. Couldn't agree more. That's what people are want. Some people want to watch. Yes. Oh, I love, offense is the greatest. Yes. Who doesn't want to watch good offense play? Exactly. One of my uh, when you were describing that, it reminded me of my favorite old football term, a scrum. <laughs> I don't know why. I just I love that word. It's a rugby term, Jaybird. Yeah, it is a rugby term, but that's what I, that's what I was thinking of. That's go. the appeal of rugby to people. That's true, yeah. That's kind of what that commercial was in the Super Bowl. Have we had a podcast since the Super Bowl? I don't think we have. We had one the day after, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. Alrighty. Anyways, uh, moving on, another hot topic at the moment would be the NBA MVP race. It's basically down to Giannis versus Harden. Who do you guys think should win? Who do you think will win? And why? I think it should be, and it will be, Giannis, because the guy is having just an incredible season. Yeah, Harden, I'll give him credit. He's scoring, he's scoring. But part of him scoring was just to keep that streak going. Right. He's shooting a ridiculous amount. I mean, Giannis is taking high percentage shots. Let me pull up a question, see what he's shooting at. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I I think Harden's going to win. To play devil's advocate, I'll argue with Harden, but I think Giannis should win the MVP. I don't watch a ton of basketball. I think it's too the league's too terrible right now. But I agree. Um, I mean, Harden. I haven't watched. When, I haven't watched as much either this season. When I when I look at Harden's stats, or the few times I do, if I got him on Fanduel or something stupid, he's shooting like thirty six times, or he's shooting like ten threes a game. Right. I, it's I think, ridiculous. I saw something that he shot like more threes than like one of these te- like the whole team. He shot like six hundred or something. Yeah, Giannis is averaging twenty-seven point four points on fifty-seven point ten percent shooting. He has a Milwaukee team that doesn't have it's not the most flashy roster. I won't say it's a bad roster. He has his team in position to win sixty games this season. Yeah, after impressive. after I believe they were a seven seed last yeah. year, making it with a losing record, I think. And Harden's smart of him, but he takes advantage of the rules and he takes right. advantage of fouls. Yep. He just it's I, mean, not, I, I would hate playing basketball. with him when you watch it, he just dribbles around and pulls it's up. It's not fun to watch it, it's really not entertaining. He literally basketball. sits there for twenty seconds and then just pulls up. I, I used to say how Harden would just elevate people around him and now it's just all him, him, yeah. him, surrounded by but the way the way he plays, it 
I mean, he is incredibly good. Like, oh, no, he's, he's, he's literally a, just absurd. Stands there and shoots and doesn't do anything besides just I'm just gonna make this because I'm not like mm-hmm. or he'll just get to the rim. Right. Like it's very valuable. What he does though, the way his style of game is, and the and the team around him, it's built to suit him. It's drive, hold the ball, yeah. hold the ball, hold the ball, and either drive, get fouled, or make your shot. It's incredible. Or kick it to a guy in the corner who's going to shoot yeah. a three. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. I mean, Chris Paul's not a star anymore. He's yeah. become more of a three-point shooter for the team. Mm-hmm. Giannis isn't just surrounded by three-point shooters. He's surrounded by – he's helped Malcolm Brogdon evolve into a 50-40-90 shooter. Yeah. He's helped mm-hmm. Eric Bledsoe have his best season. They, I mean, Brooke Lopez was a center who, you know, they kind of just had him just to had him. He's yeah. been a key part of their team. And it's all because Giannis is the engine that keeps everyone going. He's leading them to the best record in the league. He's shooting 57%. And he's NBA, doing this all as a 6'11 forward. Yes, I think the NBA playoffs, especially the Eastern Conference this year, are going to be very entertaining. I'm they actually are. looking forward to that. I'm, yeah. I'm so excited. So many stories. Until the, I mean, we were debating this earlier, if we should discuss the Warriors' cold streak, but in the end they realized... They're going to win the title, but the yeah. Eastern Conference playoffs will be very intriguing. There's mm-hmm. four teams that can come out of it. Also, I saw something about, it was a question that said, is Giannis a modern-day Shaq? And I think that's like a really good comparison, because if you look at their numbers, they're semi-similar with, mm-hmm. obviously, Giannis a little better, like, passer and ball right. handler, statistically, more, better, with more steals and stuff like that. But if you look at how the NBA has changed, not, there's not going to be another Shaq. I think Giannis is kind of that modern day, like just yeah, no one can we've stop never, you. We've never I'm, seen it before, and we don't know how to stop it. Right? I'm just more physical than you. I'm taller than you. I'm just gonna put it more in the athletic than yeah. you. It's just like he like it's he's not like a good skilled ball handler like Harden. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna be like as talented as LeBron. Mm-hmm. He's just. I'm just more athletic than you, stronger than you, bigger than you. So it's kind of like Shaq, I think, in a way. He's called the Greek freak because he is a freak athlete, that guy. Mm -hmm. That is true. Uh, This is kind of a tangent here, but Bird, this is for, do you think um, the Knicks look better now with the Porzingis trade given what's happened since? Uh, The reason I don't think they do is because I never really read too much into this, I'll be honest. But I did see something that said the Mavs weren't very informed of the issue. I see. Makes sense. So it looks bad that they're dealing with another team making trades and they're not informing them fully of player issues. Right. So I think it's a reflection of how poorly run the front office is. I agree with that. Alrighty, and with that, we're going to transition now. The Masters is coming up in a week and a half. Um, We're going to give a little preview. Vinny and I are each going to give our... Our winner, we're going to pick a winner, a sleeper, and a top 10 lock. Um, so, first off, my winner, I think it's going to be Rory. My sleeper is going to be Hideki. And my top 10 lock is going to be Adam Scott. Uh, Hideki's 40 to 1. I thought those odds were pretty low for him, especially considering how well he's playing this year. He's second in, on tour and uh, strokes game T to green. Um, the last, Who's what is it? Uh, Rory. That, did you send me that thing with the last? Yeah, like the la- Okay, every year. So they've all been all the winners of the Masters since 2012 have been inside the top seven or eight uh, strokes gained to green, except for Patrick Reed last year. He was 24th. Um, and like, if you look at the list this year, it's like JT, Rory, DJ, uh, Hideki, Tiger's eighth. Um, who else? Tom Lovelady's on there. I think he's. I don't even know if he's in the field. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of big names playing well. Think about the guys who had win this year: Ricky Fowler. 
Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy. Um, I think I just think it's going to be Ricky for sure. He he yeah, was one shot Ricky. off last yeah, year. Forgot about Ricky. Um, mine is JT. I think he's the best golfer in the world. Um, so I went with him as my winner. I also could see Ricky now that you say that. Um, yeah. Also like Ricky, I think he needs that really big win. Yep. Probably DJ's um, chances. DJ. DJ for sure. I would say too. Um, I think my top ten locks to Shambo just because uh, he's probably playing the best. That the past couple weeks he started the season playing the best. He's, you would play, think, he's played consistent. What's to an extent? He's kind of get becoming a head case. What's his uh, FedEx Cup? I feel like he's got to be up there. I'll I look it up. He won in the fall, so he should be pretty high. Yeah, he won. I thought he won a lot. I don't think he hasn't won since the turn since it became twenty nineteen. Well, I, I I like Deshambo. I, I thought the, uh, coming into this golf season, uh, I thought it was going to be kind of his year. He was kind of getting all the headlines with being different rules and all right. that. So I just think uh, I think he's going to have a good good week. And then my uh, underdog or sleeper pick is Tony Finau. I like I actually, that a lot. I actually met when Max pointed this out that he was forty to one. Because I didn't pick, like, when I was looking for sleeper, I didn't think of his name off the top of my head. I was thinking maybe, like, uh, Gary Woodland or something, right. like, a little bit, like, a less popular name. But when I saw Fina was that low, um, I think he's a, he's always top ten, so I think uh, he's my sleeper. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting tournament. Given all the top players that have won recently and whatnot, uh, I'm really looking forward to it this year. I don't think I've been looking forward to a Masters as much. I mean, last year it was kind of good, but Rory didn't win before. Or, no, he did win before it last year as well. Um, but Tiger, you had Tiger playing well. But I feel like this year yeah. it's probably more – there's more intrigue. It's more interesting. Well, yeah, like I said, with all the guys playing Tiger, well. Because Tiger's at his year under his belt. Yeah. Although he technically played better last year before the Masters than he did this year. But, I don't know, I feel like – I just like his chances better now. I think last year he was kind of playing with, like – like I said earlier, it's like playing with house money. Like it was right. just Tiger was out there. Like it was the first time everyone's like, "Oh, Tiger's at least playing." Mm. But now it's like Tiger should win. Like, should have right. attention. Yeah, it's not like. I mean, it was like that last year too because he he was coming off a t- second and fifth place in his two tournaments before it. But he it was unreasonable to like yeah. expect that much that soon. Those were kind of outliers to have that much success that early, coming off of back issues and making those returns. But yeah. I, I cannot wait for the Masters this year. All right, I think that yeah. wraps it up. Um, see you next time. Uh, go Browns.